0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams.
1: Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast where we'll be talking about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life. I am so thrilled to welcome business, health, and life coach, Alicia Marie to today's show. Alicia's talking with us from her home in Austin, Texas, and she works with small businesses and corporate clients from across the country. Alicia owns a coaching company called PeopleBiz, Inc. And she has developed several award-winning programs to help people grow their businesses and improve their health. I'm Ellen Barton, welcome to the show. And Alicia, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Ellen. That's great, and I'm really especially pleased to have you with me here today, and I guess in full disclosure, we should let people know that you were my business coach for a couple of years, so we do know each other well, but for our listeners, can you just give us a quick overview of what PeopleBiz is and what you guys offer?
0: Yeah, sure. PeopleBiz is a leadership development organization, and we offer all types of programs for both personal and professional growth specifically around leadership and management competencies. Uh, So this can um, apply to a business owner or to a group of managers or leaders. Very often we attract clients who are trying to move from being a manager, you know, where you're managing the everyday, you're in the business and you're doing things to being a leader, where you're strategic, you're providing the point of view, the vision, and that's a big jump for most people. So we do a lot of our work helping people move from being a manager to being a leader.
1: Yeah, and I know you you obviously work with lots of different size businesses, from the solopreneur, to the entrepreneur and you have your health programs as well. So you you do serve a variety of people, which is one reason I wanted to bring you on the show. You have so much to offer the listeners. And I know there are so many topics that you could speak on really, really well. And as I was preparing for this show, I was having a hard time choosing But one of the purposes of this program is to help people who are feeling a little stuck and who are looking forward, you know, looking to do something different with their life, but who, you know, maybe are not able to quite make that leap yet. So I wondered if we could start there and if you could talk a little bit about what you've seen are some of the common things that keep people stuck.
0: It's a big question, Ellen. Um, you know, human beings have devised many, many ways to be stuck. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so let's talk instead for a moment about, about what has someone um, be in action and engaged in their life or their business, in their relationships, et cetera. So what has someone be engaged is that usually there's a like having a big reason, a dream, a vision, uh, um, something they're out to accomplish, a game that they're playing in life and um, there there's a hallmark of that kind of person is that they're also really willing, willing to do whatever it takes but also willing to engage with whomever comes across in you know, whoever crosses their path. What I'm trying to say is that engagement can't be limited to one thing, right? You're either engaged in life or you're not engaged in life. And um, when someone has a big enough vision, a dream, they start to engage in life in a new way, really understanding that they are creating the world that they live in, the communities that they operate in, and the quality of their relationships. So there's a holistic holistic aspect to this. Too often, people try to compartmentalize their lives. Well, I'm a mother here, I'm doing my business here, I have this relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And that doesn't work. Uh, When you become engaged in one area, It's important that you stay engaged in all aspects of your life. So one of the ways that people get stuck is they check out or they give up on a particular area of their life. So let's take health, for example. You kept saying I was a health coach, which I think is kind of funny. The only reason I lead a health program is because it was the first one I wrote over 20 years ago and everyone seems to need it. And at the core, of everything I see with business people, executives, et cetera, is if they're not well, they're not going to do well. If they're not well, they're not going to be able to grow and to learn and to develop themselves. And so, one of the things that gets people stuck is they give up on a particular area of their life, and well being is a big one. So once someone has decided this is not possible for me here, I can't feel good and have energy and be strong and climb that mountain or whatever they want to do, it, it shuts down like um, access to that kind of aliveness everywhere else. That impacts their relationship, it impacts how they view money, it impacts how they view the business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because it changes how they see themselves.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I I like that idea of it being holistic because it absolutely is. You know, it's 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 all interrelated. And I I frequently see people that are kind of I I refer to it as almost sleepwalking. You know, they're just kind of going through the motions and paying the bills and and doing what they need to do to get to the next day vegging out on TV, which, which is fine, but it seems like it's something that can be overused also in our society. It's a, it's a
0: living from the place of survival. Yeah. The back of the brain, the limbic system is just completely overwrought and there's a lot of fear and a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and what we call stress. That's what, that's what stress is, guys. It's adrenaline and cortisol. It's fear that you're producing. You're producing all these hormones. It's weakening your entire body. And then we turn around and call it stress. And so that's like a way of living. It's a way of operating. And we actually become addicted to it. Adrenaline can be a very addictive hormone.
1: Then how, when you find yourself in that pattern, what are some tools that people can use to break that pattern, to get out of that? I
0: think that we should address that right after we address start talking about emotional intelligence.
1: Okay, we'll come back to that, okay. Before we do, I have a question for you, and perhaps we need to get back to this one as well, but when I say the phrase living by design, what does that mean to you? And can you talk on that a little bit?
0: Everything we're saying, everything we're doing, and all the ways in which we're being, are creating something all the time. You're always creating something all the time. It just doesn't seem that way because things don't just manifest immediately. And um, so when you say living by design, what I hear is being aware of the fact that we are always co creating and creating what our experiences and what we attract.
1: We are. It's, we're, we're not victims of our lives, right? Exactly. Yeah, and if there's a
0: particular condition or circumstance that you're experiencing, and, you know, I've certainly had a lot of experiences, especially in 2016, um, you know, have compassion for yourself as a human being. You've created this situation, but knowing that you're somehow in co-creation with it can support, can give you the power to get to the other side of it and really support you. So what I hear some people do with that instead is they go, oh, wow, look what I created again. Or I can't believe I attracted this mess again. Or, you know, he's just another version of the last one, for example. Um, And if you look at it that way, you're really not learning anything. And you're actually not being responsible for that you are in creation. In fact, what you're doing is creating it happening again. You're like, continue to give your word to that old condition or circumstance. Instead, if you are faced with a circumstance, your adult child is an alcoholic, or your marriage is falling apart, or your business just got audited and you just got a $50,000 fine, right? Being responsible for that you are creating that does not mean going after yourself what most of us haven't learned is how to be our own best friend. What you need when you're going through something like that is to be for you. In other words, get up underneath yourself and support yourself with everything from, you know, how you take care of your body, how you take care of your mind, how you take care of your spirit, but really be loving and compassionate with yourself. That's where the real transformation is going to happen. If you stand, If you're gonna create something different than what you've been creating, it's gonna start there. Because how you relate to yourself has a lot to do with what you are manifesting in your life. And how, and with what kind of grace are you gonna walk through that fire? Um, You know, my grandson committed suicide last year, 18 years old. And there were many moments in which I could have attacked myself and there were many times my mind wanted to go there, but I knew my job was to be as kind and loving as I could with myself as generous as I could to really embrace my failures around that relationship to embrace my failure. What I saw as a failure as a human being and um, love that part of myself. Too often we think when we failed, that means something bad about us. No, it's just an event. And I think that um, because I was that way with myself and I still am today, I'm able to, I'm more available to um, my oldest son who lost his child. I'm more available to my other adult children. I'm more available to people because I was willing to give myself that kind of grace. So living life by design has a lot to do with learning to be your own best partner.
1: Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Alicia, and I'm so sorry about your grandson. I know that was very difficult for all involved. Um, yeah, something that came to my mind as you were talking was um, you also struggled with illness, uh, years ago and changed your entire life around your health and, and wellness. But you said to me once, um, you, you had cancer and you said to me once something about, um, I am not defined by my, can- you know, I am not my cancer or something like that. What about the language we put around our deficiencies? Or I, I don't know what the word is, but, um. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like what we choose, how what we choose to identify with, or what we choose to call ourselves, or speak to ourselves about. It's really interesting what we do, and we can't help it. Our
0: brain, I mean, we have egos, and we formed egos at a young age so that we felt like we could survive in the world. The world was scary, so we decided how the world was and how we were, and we have been adding to that character our entire lives. You know, we we are playing a part. It's not who you are. You are not your character, but you're playing a part. You've 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 identified whether or not you think you're strong or compassionate or whatever you think you are. And um, the issue with that um, is not that we have egos, or I like to call it the character. It's when we don't, when we can't tell the difference between our character and who we really are. So. We started with the question, where do people get stuck? One of the things that people do a lot that keeps them stuck is they label themselves. They label themselves something, right? Oh, I'm a problem solver. Guess what? You walk around in the world like you're a problem solver, and all you will see is problems, and you will create problems without even knowing it so you can survive. And so every time you label yourself, even if you think it's a positive label, there's a limit to that. And it limits your real expression of who you are and also limits you discovering who you really are. And so saying something like I'm a cancer survivor, you know, I think that language might support you for the first three months after having cancer. But for me, I decided I would never say that. It had nothing to do with who I was. See, there's a traditional thought is that you are the sum total of everything, you know, all your life experiences and the people that have impacted you, et cetera, et cetera. I like to think that I am the sum total of the vision I have for myself, of who I want to be. And that's what has me show up in new ways and discover new things about myself and grow and develop and invite new possibilities. If you think you are the sun total of your past, guess where your attention is. You can't there's there's no opportunity for growth and development when you're so entrenched in everything you think you know about yourself.
1: Absolutely. That that's beautifully put. Thank you. One one of the most powerful exercises we did together was and it and it has to do with moving forward into the future self you you are intentionally creating. But it was looking at the present circumstances and identifying what you're tolerating in any of those circumstances. You know, what what I was tolerating in my case because I was being coached. And I think about that often. It's just such a powerful exercise. Can you describe that? First, the concept is this.
0: Anything that you're putting up with, trying to change, ignoring, has the tendency to pull away at your ability to to pay attention. So your attention is on all those things that you're trying to ignore. You ever tried to ignore a headache? All you can do is be aware of the headache, right? Um, And so it pulls away at your ability to pay attention. It pulls away at your ability to be present. So a person's capacity for being here right now has a lot to do with how many tolerations that they have. You know, how many things are they tolerating that are pulling away at their ability to pay attention? If you can pay attention and be present here right now, right now is when you're creating. I'm gonna take it back to the creator thing. Right now, not in your list of to-dos or you know, not in regret over that thing that happened yesterday. None of that matters. There's no difference made in that place. So when you can look at your life and look at what you've been tolerating and start to slowly remove those tolerations, It gives you the power to be present. And when you're present, now you can actively create something.
1: That makes sense, that makes sense. So you get rid of this old energy around those things that are annoying you.
0: Just to simplify this, you know, just think about anything you've ever procrastinated. And the moment you handled it, the amount of energy that you had once it was handled.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely so it makes sense that all of those things that we're procrastinating about are just dragging us down yeah and it's
0: not just procrastination it's just tolerating it maybe something you've just decided it is just that way i have to live with this condition whatever it is maybe your entire familys they're all slobs or um your mailman keeps delivering the mail to the neighbor or that light bulb that hasn't been replaced on the front porch believe it or not all of those little things can also pull pull away at our ability to pay attention. So the best place to start is with the low-hanging fruit. Take care of the easy stuff. What are you tolerating? You may just paint a room. Give away a lot of clothes because your closet, you're tolerating what what the condition in your closet, whatever. Start with something you feel like you can do because every time you remove a toleration, you have a little more energy right? And you use that energy to continue to remove tolerations. And before you know it, you have all these spaces during your day where you're fully here. Now some magic can occur because your actions have a sense of deliberation to them versus just trying to survive and get through the day and react, right? Now you're actually generating something versus reacting.
1: Right. So if you, if you're looking to, um, revamp your wardrobe, you have to first make space in your closet, right? Or may, you may seem that there's no connection. I I was in my closet
0: last week and decided, okay, enough's enough, that's why I brought it up. And for the next four nights, I worked on it. I didn't even plan it, it wasn't even a goal. And now it looks beautiful and everything's color-coded, it's wonderful. <laughs> and um, And, you know, that wasn't about getting a new wardrobe because I have plenty of clothes. But it did free something up. Right. You know, did. Now every time I walk into that closet and I go to, you know, there's something, there's some space now that I didn't have before. So um, you may not even see the connection between making your bed every morning and getting that new job. Make your bed anyway. You may not see the connection between going for the walk and managing that difficult employee. Go for the walk anyway. You may not see the connection between you know, what you eat for your afternoon snack and the conversations you're going to have with your husband tonight.
1: Choose wisely anyway. Because it's all connected. It's all connected. Right, thank you. And so I want to shift a little bit and get into emotional intelligence. That's one of the areas I was hoping we could focus on and it's certainly one of your areas of expertise and I love hearing you talk about it. So could you just maybe start out by telling us what it is and why we should be aware, you know, why we should be more aware of this part of our lives?
0: Actually, first let me say a little bit about what emotion is, because that matters more. You can't be intelligent about emotion if you don't know what emotion is. So we're familiar with behavior, like, you know, there are assessments out there like DISC or Myers-Briggs. Behavior is what we see, we're looking at someone and you know how they go about getting something done it's formed between four and six years old we get we usually get our behavioral traits from our parents you know whether or not we're detail-oriented or big picture whether or not you know we're um, very focused on people and friendly and social or whether or not we we kind of stand back and are more private you know all those kinds of behaviors are formed very early and no matter what your behavior is it really doesn't matter that much in terms of how successful you'll be or what you'll be able to create or or have see happen in your life um and then there's intelligence is your iq and we now know that iq is also your capacity for how intelligent you are is actually also formed between four and six years old whether or not you're a creative thinker or an analytical thinker and again that doesn't have a lot of impact on how successful you'll be or how happy you'll be in life. Um, So what are the factors? And um, there are really two, and one of them is emotional intelligence. And I'll come back to the, the fourth one. So let me say what emotion is. Emotion is energy moving through your body. It is a physiological experience. It's something you're experiencing internally. It's the sensation. It's the awareness. So if you're listening to this call, just pay attention right now. You might need to close your eyes. What are you feeling in your body? And see if you could even give it some names. Do you feel guilt? Shame? Shame feels like hiding. Like you wanna hide or crawl within yourself. Or guilt feels like overcompensating. Never enough, never enough. Is it fear, anxiety, desire, courage, willingness? These are all experiences you have within that we've now given names to. And um, if you'd like, I can provide some definitions for the different emotions. But the the point here is that emotion is happening internally. But because we don't understand that, um, we tend to think that how we're feeling internally has something to do with what's happening in our lives. So you have a conversation with your husband and he says that thing again, and all of a sudden you find yourself angry and irritated and you think it's him. Or you're going to work each day and you're frustrated and you want it to be different and you don't know how, and you think it's your work. And I could go on and on, right? Or you fall in love and everything is beautiful. And you laugh and you're free when you're with this person and you think it's them. So what I wanna suggest to you is what you're experiencing internally is completely yours and has nothing to do with what's happening outside of you. And it just seems like it is. That when you are frustrated, to be emotionally intelligent means that you can be with that frustration work with that frustration embrace that frustration even and learn to work with your body around it separate from the circumstance that's occurring so if i know i'm in a conversation with you and i'm angry and i'm emotionally intelligent i can be aware of that anger and support myself physically around it i might mean okay i'm going to stop and take a deep breath and i can relate to you from what I'm committed to, and what I value, and who I want to be, versus relate to you from the anger. And what we do instead is we have an emotion, and we let that determine how we are being in the world. So the first thing I want to say about emotional intelligence is when you're emotionally intelligent, who you're being is not has nothing to do with how you're feeling. And that doesn't mean you're faking it or suppressing something. Here's a definition for emotional intelligence. The ability to have the emotion, feel the emotion, be aware of the emotion, and still act from who you want to be, what you're committed to, what's important to you. So can you be Can you feel anger and still be loving to your husband? Can you feel frustrated and still take productive action towards changing your work environment? And that's what emotional intelligence allows for. And the beauty of this is that we are designed to grow in this way. We know that people are processing anywhere from four to 10 experiences a year that increases their emotions, their overall EQ, which by the way, has 16 different attributes, which I won't get into today, but we know that people are just naturally doing that and you can do things to accelerate your own growth there. And one of the biggest things that you can do is dialogue, like being in conversation with people or others about what's important to you, what you're committed to, what your goals are, what your vision is, what's going on with you internally. So emotion is internal, right? And then there's how we're being about it and how we're being about what's happening in the world, which is different. So that's the fourth element that makes a difference for someone's happiness or success is that you're really in touch with what you value. Do you value people? Who do you wanna be around that? Do you value your family? Do you value your time? What do you value? What do you find important to you? So going back to behaviorally, you may be an introvert, but if you have a big value around caring for your family, you'll probably still be pretty good in sales because that value trumps your behavior, okay? And if you understand your values and you are aware of emotion and how to support yourself, now you've got that tool as well. And you can let your values lead while taking care of your emotion. See, emotion is there for a reason. It's it's really, it's the way we send messages to each other. It's how we communicate. Your emotions are always telling you something, right, about how you're viewing the world, but also sending messages to everyone around you. It's the carrier of the message. We're animals, we're reading each other to see what's safe. To see if it's, you know, um, to see if we wanna be in relationship with each other. So emotion is very much the connector of of how we connect to other people. You know, you may be thinking you're hiding your anger, everyone knows you're angry. You may think you're hiding the fear, everyone knows you're afraid um and in the same way everyone is responding to your courage and your willingness and your acceptance and your ability to love that was the readers digest version do you want me to keep going
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah and a, a question that's coming up in my mind is around people's people's perception that you know maybe some of these so-called lower level emotions, the fear, the doubt, the grief, the, the shame, I think that there is a perception among many people that we should not allow ourselves to feel that, or we should not, you know, they're bad emotions or something. But what I've learned through working with you and others is, is, um, the importance of feeling it, you know, walking with the fear and inviting the fear along for the ride. It's not ignoring it or it's not suppressing it or squashing it. It's, I think you said it earlier, it's, it's part of you. It's part of this human experience. Right.
0: So you can't suppress one experience without suppressing them all, you know, to the extent to which you're trying to suppress the fear emotions to the extent to which you're not letting yourself be happy or joyful you know, because emotion actually doesn't, it's not linear. You're not really experiencing one emotion that it feels that way or seems that way because that's your point of attention. You're going to experience what you're paying attention to. Um, And so it seems that way, but the truth is when you are in complete allowance of your own humanity and whatever you're experiencing, you're also experiencing everything else at the same time. You know, it was, Fascinating for me. Believe it or not, during this tremendous time with my grandson, I was still keenly aware of the fact that I was feeling the love around me. And I was still laughing, even though I was sobbing other times. I was still laughing and I was enjoying my life. I was, I was in, I mean, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck in terms of the grief, but I was still experiencing everything else because I was letting myself have the grief. I wasn't trying to, um, hide it or fix it there's nothing wrong when you're experiencing shame or fear and it's such a shame that we're taking pills for this because it deadens us you know it's it's there's nothing wrong with having those experiences if you could stop trying to control that and instead add some imagine you're just embracing yourself and giving yourself the love and support you need as you're going through whatever you're going through Um, you'll discover that all those other wonderful, great feeling emotions are available to you at any time, at any place. You can be peaceful in the middle of great disturbance. You, all of us, we all have that capacity.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful image. And I, it seems like as humans, we overcomplicate and mess things up quite frequently. Right. And
0: the the whole should thing, you know, this goes back to the label. I shouldn't be this. And then, then what do we do? We call ourselves by the emotion. You aren't any particular emotion. We say, I am angry. I'm afraid. I am this. No, 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 that's not who you are. Do you say I'm a headache? Do you say I'm a Do You say I am into the congestion"? No, it's the same thing. It's an experience. It's a physical experience. Get in touch with that. And by the way, you know, I'm going to go back to well-being on this for a moment because, you know, making sure we feel good in our own skin and in our bodies makes it a lot easier to feel the emotion and let it pass. You know, when we're just willing to have any emotion, it it passes very, very quickly. And then something else is available to us. It can pass.
1: And if you watch a three-year-old,
0: they'll demonstrate it for you.
1: Yes, they will. But like you said, we can have We can have the emotion and we can choose to act a different way. We don't need to be always reacting according to our emotions. You don't need to be encompassed by it, you know, in
0: the same way you can have a headache and still walk in front of 100 people and speak. You know, if you're experiencing fear as you're walking in front of those 100 people, you can still have that experience and show up and make the difference and be the impact you want to be in front of that group of people. And too often people believe, they really, people really believe fear stops them. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. There's no
1: truth in it. It can't even be true when you understand what emotion is. So fear doesn't stop them. They're stopping themselves.
0: Fear's not stopping them. They're not allowing themselves to have that experience while being in action around what it is there is for them to be in action around. Um, hesitancy is a bad habit. We have all sorts of impulse to create, all sorts of impulse to love others. And when we hesitate around that, we build up a habit of shutting ourselves down or shutting ourselves off. You know, you can move through fear like a hot knife through butter if you're willing to, be, to have the experience and still be who you're wanting to be. But fear never stops us. That is a big
1: lie. That is a lot of wisdom alicia we're running out of time i i could talk to you all day long on this and so many other topics Mm -hmm. but i'm afraid i'm going to have to wrap this up and have you come back another time i'd be happy to come back i would love to have you come back you have so much wisdom and so eloquently put all of your thoughts and, and years of experience. And, it, and really, there's there's just so much there that we can all learn from. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And on my show notes page on the website, readysetgrit.com, are links to your website, links to Alicia's website. And there's also a video there of Alicia talking some more about emotional intelligence, if anybody would like to check that out. So thank you again, Alicia. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us. And please tune in again next week at the same time for more inspirational stories and tips for creating the life of your dreams.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit. Your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit. Inspired actions. Real results.